Welcome to Biohacking with Brittany, and thank you for tuning in to another episode this week. This is a place where I talk about health and wellness and biohacking and my own journey, as well as women's health and functional medicine and all sorts of things like that. And today we are diving into cancer. This is something that is completely out of my scope, and it was awesome to have Dr. Lori come on the show, a fellow Canadian, as we discussed cancer and her treatments for it and what she sees. So she is a naturopathic doctor and she helps patients in a very holistic manner when it comes to cancer. So we dive all into that. We dive into practical tips and strategies that her cancer patients use to really boost their health and and feel better. We also talk about misconceptions and myths when it comes to cancer care and why they are kind of so mainstream now. So it's a very interesting episode. I know you're going to learn a lot from it. We even talk about fasting and how fasting can impact cancer cells and aging and longevity and everything like that. A shout out to Inside Tracker. I'm getting tested again with them. This is who I get tested when I get my hormones tested. I get asked that so frequently on Instagram. And so they come to your house, it's a blood test, and they test for things like progesterone, estrogen, cortisol, testosterone, thyroid hormones, and they also just do, in total, 43 to 48 different biomarkers, depending on what you get, which is a lot. So they also do like minerals and vitamins as well, which is really cool. So that's Inside Tracker. I recommend them to everybody. They are having a massive Black Friday sale right now, so definitely check them out if you haven't yet. And a shout out to Mimeo. This is one of the most revolutionary supplements I've seen on the market this year. It mimics a 36-hour fast in a single supplement. So if you don't want to be fasting every day for a long time, you don't want the negative impact on your health or your hormones, kind of like I do, you can get the benefits through taking something like Mimeo. So I really suggest it. It stacks four different biomimetic ingredients, which basically means ingredients that are already found in our bodies. So that means that the risk of any adverse side effects is extremely low. So that's Mimeo. Check it out. You can use my discount code biohackingbrittany, and it's linked on my new website and in my show notes. And enjoy today's episode. This is all about cancer, and I think you're going to get a lot out of it. Feel free to share it with somebody who might be going through this themselves or could just really use the information uh, and might be helpful. And I will catch you on Friday for another episode. Welcome to Biohacking with Brittany. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. We are doing a deep dive into cancer care, which is really interesting and definitely not my area of expertise. I have Dr. Lori Bouchard with me today. She was actually a speaker at the Women's Biohacking Conference, which was this online conference that happened about a month ago or so. And I think we got connected through there. And I just love what she's doing. She's a naturopathic physician, a best-selling author. Anyway, Dr. Lori, welcome to the show. Hi, Brittany. Thank you for having me. And I absolutely love that we grew up in the same neighborhood. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it really is. How did you first get into cancer care? Like, what made you decide this is the area that I want to become an expert in? Yeah, great question, because it actually was not 
something that I ever thought I would be passionate about learning or actually obsessed, <laughs> obsessed with understanding. It was something that as I graduated as a naturopathic doctor, I was about 24 years old. It was my very first cancer patient that completely changed the way that I look at cancer. He was given a month to live. He was in a wheelchair with his wife and she was like, yeah, we brought you here as we brought him here as a last resort. Like we've done everything else. And the, the doctors say he has a month left to live. And we just want to know like what a naturopath could do. I'm like, oh, that's, that's awesome. No pressure, no pressure at all. So anyways, it was really mind blowing actually when we start looking at foundational medicine and even just the key things that a human needs to thrive. Like I didn't do anything that was super fancy, right? Like we did some chelation down the road and we did some other IV therapies and mistletoe and some other things that are more advanced. But at the very beginning, we really were just working on the foundational things. And so I started to see cancer as this less intimidating disease process. And it was something that every day as we were working on his health, making sure that he was getting enough nutrients, he was detoxing properly, working on bowel movements, working on things to support his immune system, he started to have this incredible turnaround. And so it was within the first year that he started walking again. He was playing golf that next spring. He got to see his grandchildren be born that year. Like it was incredible. So he was like the walking advertisement for him, for me. He's this doctor saved my life and she, everyone needs to go see her. And there was me thinking like, okay, I, you did all the work. I'm like, he's the one that did all the things and transfer. And it was his, I was so blown away by faith and his commitment to heal. So there was no other option in his mind. He's like, I'm not ready to die and I'm not ready to go. I have too much that I need to see and live for. So he ended up living 10 years longer than this palliative diagnosis. And so when I see now, like the past 15 years of seeing patients, when I see that type of mindset and commitment to heal, saying, I'll do anything it takes to live, like there is nothing more empowering. And like, I just get such a high off of that. And to be able to see these turnarounds when every other doctor, they don't give hope when it comes to cancer. They just say, oh yeah, you've got three months to live. Like as if they're Jesus, right? Like they just know. And so when I see cancer patients, they usually come to me as a last resort, unfortunately. And they say like, oh, I, you know, wasn't approved for this chemo drug or because of my age, I wasn't approved for that. And so then, or there could be the opposite where they say like, these drugs are killing me faster than the cancer would. So let's support my body. Let's do all the things. So I feel very honored and very privileged to be working with this demographic where they can truly show how amazing the body is, even when against all odds, right? Like I've seen incredible miracles, like people who have not done any chemo at all. And they say, you know what, this body created the cancer. And now I want to do, I want to learn about my body and I want to learn the ways that I can make it go in a different direction. So that is, that's why I've been working with cancer for so long, because everyone is so unique. Everyone's cancer is so different. The way that it develops, it's never just a cookie cutter. Like I would get very bored if I dealt with the same type of thing all the time. But even if I saw a hundred breast cancer patients, they would all be very different in why that cancer developed. Yeah. 
That's so interesting. I, yeah, I just, I think a lot about the mindset when people get diagnosed. I've kind of been there before and there's this moment of, are you going to accept the diagnosis and identify with it? Or are you going to do something about it and not accept it? And that's really hard. Like, obviously it depends on who you are and your circumstance and everything that you're going through. Because I just feel like a lot of the time that that initial point of receiving a diagnosis is so debilitating to people that to come out of that and say, I'm going to spend the money, I'm going to be resourceful. I'm going to find a naturopath or some sort of other type of practitioner. And I'm really going to work on my health. Not everyone is like that. And so how do you encourage people? Like, how do you encourage people to say, you are not your diagnosis? Like, let's get you better. Yeah. And I do believe a lot of that mindset is your own upbringing. Like what we were talking about at the beginning, if you put your whole health in the doctor's hands and you look at the doctor as their God, and then they give you this diagnosis that you see as a death sentence, and your whole life you rely on this medical system to save you, then it's really hard for me to say, no, you can do this. (laughs) Like you can defy those stats. You can do that. It is a really, I don't have people that come to see me that are negative and don't want to be there. Like everyone that sees me is very um, convinced. They're like, I'm going to show this doctor that my body is amazing. And I'm going to show them that I can do this. And, you know, they're out to live and to thrive. And so I have never had success with patients who are there because their wife forced them or someone said, oh yeah, I heard that she got really good results with cancer patient, you should go see them. And if they're kind of like, well, oh, you know, I'll check it out. And they're there just to kind of like dabble. I like if in their head, they believe that there's nothing else you can do. There's nothing else you can do. And there's no convincing. There's actually a really good book on this. Dr. Bernie Siegel, he's a surgeon for oncology. And he wrote a book, what is it called? Love, Medicine and Miracles, I believe. And he would have his patients, before they go into surgery, that he would have his patients write out or draw a picture of the successful outcome of the surgery. So just say they, I don't know, had a tumor on their femur. And then he wanted to see what the healthy system, like he wanted the patient to fully believe that they would be healthy after the surgery. But if they did a drawing that was like, dark and bloody and just like very just unsuccessful, he wouldn't actually do the surgery on them. He's like, I will get results with people that do not believe that their body is going to heal. Wow. That's very profound. I think it's interesting, this concept of like trusting your body over trusting the doctor, because that's exactly how I feel. And my, and I think a lot of people do end up getting there. And I think for me, and from what I've seen, and when I've talked to other people, the, the way that people a lot of the time get to that thinking is because the healthcare system has failed them in some regard. So for me, it was like, I was on a bunch of antibiotics as a kid, recommendations over and over again. And then I became a teenager and had a slew of gut health problems, which led to hormonal problems. And then I went on birth control again, trusting my doctor, which led to more problems. So all of these things that ended up happening when I trusted the medical system and it failed me. And now I don't 
it sounds bad, but I don't necessarily, like it has its place in society. Absolutely. But I 100% trust my body more than I trust any single doctor for sure. But it took a lot of, there's been failures for me to actually reach that point. All right. I know that so many of us struggle with our hormones. We have a lot of confusion around our menstrual cycles, ovulation, having our periods, regulating it, and really just minimizing the symptoms that we often deal with. I have been there. I've had a mild PCOS diagnosis. I have had irregular cycles since I've been off birth control. I've had a ovarian cyst. And honestly, I've been through a lot when it comes to hormones in the last few years. So out of that, I really taught myself about cycle syncing. And this is the idea that during different phases of the cycle, we are doing different things. We are eating different foods, taking different supplements or drinking different teas for the nutrients, exercising differently in response to where our hormones are at at that time. And through living in this ebb and flow of our cycle, we can actually feel better. We can look better. Our hormones are happier. We're mentally better. We can sleep better. And this is exactly what I found. So I took everything that I did. I put it into an easy peasy guide for you. It's called the ebb and flow cycle guide. It's on my website. Go and grab it right now. This is literally going to solve all of your hormone issues. I'm not kidding. It's so, so good. And it's so easy to read as well. I also added in a part about seed cycling because I know so many of you are interested in seed cycling as well. So that means what seeds do we take during which phase of the cycle? These seeds have different phytonutrients in it that can help with the different hormones during the different phases. And I've also included over 30 recipes that are super tasty as a bonus. So These recipes are designed for the different phases. So you can have certain ones during your period, during ovulation and things like that. And of course, I included biohacks. I included which biohacks to do around ovulation to optimize that, how to optimize your menstrual cycle or your menstruation during your period and everything like that. Everything from castor oil packs to acupuncture to red light therapy to healing baths that that I love. That is what I did. So this is my ebb and flow cycle guide. You can grab it on my website right now, biohackingbrittany.com. Go for it. And I hope you really enjoy it. There's been over 500 that have been bought already, which is so amazing to see. And I'm just so thankful that I get to help women with their hormones and on their health journey. Yeah. And I just actually had a patient recently who she was convinced to do a surgery to remove precancerous cells in her uterus. And so they weren't even sure if it was cancer or not. And they did a a tissue biopsy that showed inconclusive. But the doctor, the surgeon was so convincing to this patient that if she didn't take out, like have a full hysterectomy, that she's going to be dead by the end of the year. Like the cancer is going to spread everywhere. And she was asking me, she's like, what should I do? And her blood work actually looked good. It didn't look like she was in a scary, diseased, cancering situation. And so I said, there's a lot that we can do. And so she, she started fasting and she started implementing a lot of the tools that help, assuming just say it was a cancer. So this patient, you know what? I still think I should have that surgery. And I'm like blown away that 
the influence and the fear that was imposed. And I can't blame her because like I said, if she was raised thinking like this doctor knows everything and he's done these surgeries all the time and he knows what he's talking about, then anyway, she went ahead and had the full hysterectomy and she was only in her forties. It's not like she's, you know, Older than 70, you don't need any of the reproductive anymore. But still, even if you're over 70, taking away organs, things are going to sag differently. Your body, you were born with these certain organs for a reason. Anyways, and so she had the surgery and lo and behold, it was not cancer. There was no cancer found. So even I believe the work that we did for so six months of waiting for a surgery, there's no repeat tissue biopsy to know like, okay, is it gone now? Because all the amazing work that we've done, she just went ahead and did the surgery. And I'm like, aren't you so annoyed that you went through this? And she's like, no, I'm just so happy it wasn't cancer. I'm like, ah. It's each their own, you know, what you feel is going to, there's a lot of power in that. Like if you feel this is going to save your life and help you live the longest, strongest, healthiest life, then that's what is what it's going to be, right? And if I just don't like when people make decisions out of fear versus the data, right? Not at all the information. Be like, okay, these are the facts. <laughs> this is what my body looks like. This is what's happening. And let's make a decision based on that, not, oh, it's going to spread everywhere and you're going to die next year. It's, let's stop using those fear tactics and medicine because, I mean, there's too much emotion involved with that. And if you think you're going to die and someone's telling you, you need to do this certain procedure, then of course, like that's human nature, right? You think, oh, I need to do that. Yeah. The fear mongering is serious. It, it's everywhere. It's even on social media with everything, let alone from your doctor, but like also social media. I'm sure when it comes to cancer, I see it everywhere for like fertility and pregnancy. So much fear mongering around that. And it's hard because you have to check yourself when you're getting exposed to these types of things and recognize it for what it is right? Like just because someone online or your doctor might have this one opinion, that doesn't mean that you have to take that on yourself and take on that energy. Um, Yeah. So I always love what you said in terms of like unique approaches or therapies that you offer your cancer patients, what have you found to be most effective to really moving the needle for them? Ooh. So I have never just done one thing. Kind of like with your biohacking, you don't just say this is the one thing that, right? Like I am such a fan of let's build health and look at helping cancer in the sense of making your body so healthy and strong that there's no way anything abnormal could be growing there. And so when you look at the things that can hold back your health, that list is quite long. So from radiation exposure, pesticides, different chemicals, different viruses. There's links from Epstein-Barr virus to lymphatic cancers and squamous cell carcinoma. Like there's so many bacterial parasitic infections that can lead to cancer as well. Heavy metals, different, any kind of pesticide that could affect your immune system and cause this disruption. So even like mold and mycotoxins. So it really does involve looking at the broad spectrum. And I would say my, my approach is understanding why is the cancer even there in the first place. So I would never say there's one tool that I found the most successful with everyone. It really comes down to pinpointing what are the top drivers that is 
driving this cancering process in the first place. For example, if someone has cervical cancer and they are positive for Epstein-Barr virus, but they've never dealt with the virus, you can be doing this like high dose vitamin C, you can be doing mistletoe, you can be doing all the red light and all the PEMF therapies and fasting and all, you can do it all. But if you haven't done a protocol that's really honing in on the virus, I mean, you're missing the boat completely. That's interesting. I know it look, like with Epstein-Barr, it can also be dormant, right? A lot of people have it, but it's just actually not activated in the body. Exactly. And so I do a lot of testing for the latent viruses as well. So any pathogens that could just be lying around. And it does go back to, you know, you look at the germ theory, right? Like how come everybody with Epstein-Barr doesn't develop a type of cancer. So it is more about like the body that it's holding on to it as well. So you have just say have this dormant Epstein-Barr virus. And then you've got high stress and high cortisol. You have high blood sugar issues. You know, if there's constant insulin spikes, you look at all the things. It's like filling up a cup, right? Like you just keep on adding and adding and adding. Eventually that cup is overflowing and boom, there's cancer. Like it's really as as simple as all the pieces to the puzzle, just saying, okay, now your body is like screaming at you, like help, there's, I need to make a change. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting when you think about the root cause approach that people talk about, which I still believe in. And I, I do think there is like a root cause to most things, but then at the same time, it, everything is so connected in the body that to find like a singular root cause like you could even narrow it down so much to like cellular malfunction, right? And like, how do you even go past that? Like genetics and then there's epigenetics and you could turn your genes on and off. And it's interesting when you think about it from that perspective of maybe there isn't actually a single root cause for cancer or other health issues that people have. It's multifaceted. And then when you understand that, it's like, then we should take a multifaceted approach to healing and a holistic approach, which means nutrition, lifestyle, stress management, all of these other things, rather than just like, hey, take this single medication and it's going to work. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, I would love, could you imagine that cure for cancer is like, we found the pill, we found it. Like, this is going to cure everyone's cancer. It's like, I'm sorry. That's I like as much as I would love that. That's not going to happen. It's so, yeah, it's all interconnected. And even just like, intergenerational stuff, right? Like, so things that affect the trauma and your nervous system and the decisions that you make and how that's being affected by your lifestyle choices. And yeah, it's all connected, but that's, what's kind of cool when you learn about your body and learn about what is actually happening and reacting to you go down this pathway of like always wanting more and learning more and it's never ending. Yeah. And, and everything positively can impact something else. So yeah, you're not just treating the gut, you're treating your hormones and skin and everything else at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. What would you say are the foundational healthy habits that people should take into consideration? Maybe if they have been diagnosed with cancer or precancerous, or they're on the healing journey somewhere with it, what, what would you say those are? That's a good question. Just last night, I did a talk on that, on the top three strategies that you can do to lower your cancer risk and lower cancer growth. So I can actually post that on my website if that's something people are interested in. It was 
an hour of just talking about the top three things. But yeah, so basically to now that it's all fresh in my in my memory here, the top one I would say is like I said, getting your thorough testing done. So knowing what your foundational health looks like. So just getting a full metabolic blood panel done. That's something that everyone should know, like at least once a year saying, okay, what's my inflammation like? What's my glucose like? You can even get tumor markers checked. If there's circulating tumor cells, you can see what's going on with your body and your immune system. But as far as strategies and like, okay, just say there's things that are coming up on the blood work that's kind of pointing in a cancering direction. The best, I would say the easiest and best thing you can do is start fasting. So at least 13 hours every single night. So just say 7 p.m. until 8 a.m. You have nothing except water and maybe a black coffee in the morning or a herbal tea, nothing that spikes your glucose levels. The less that you can spike your insulin and your sugar levels, the more metabolically flexible you become. And what that means is that your system becomes more adaptive and you are not stimulating this growth factor as often. So insulin is a growth factor and it's signaling for cells to grow. And that's exactly what cancer is, right? Like they're proliferating and they're growing and it's not getting that message to die off. So fasting is a really important strategy with cancer or not, just to limit your eating window. Some people do really well. Just say you have really high inflammation and you're pre-diabetic and there's a lot of just cancering happening in the body. If you even do like a 16-hour fast, you would be shocked how just fasting for 16 hours can drastically change what all those numbers look like. It's free and it's not, you know, it doesn't cost any money to do that. The only thing is it's, it takes willpower. Like you have to control like how often you're eating. And I find, especially with my own children, they're raised to think like they should be eating all the time. Like they constantly are hungry. And as a child, that's fine. Like that gro- you're growing and you want that growth factor to be constantly insulin being spiked. However, as an adult, like that is not important. So those habits that they have as a growing child, they have to change as soon as you are in your teenage years and you don't need to be eating all the time. But then also your choices, right? Like if children are constantly having carbs and having more sugars, then you're going to get these blood sugar dips and then also feel hungry all the time. So looking at the types of food you are eating in that eating window, more proteins, more fats, less of the carbohydrates and more carbohydrate restriction is huge when it comes to cancer care. That makes a lot of sense, you know, through the processes of cellular autophagy and just being able to clean out old cells or malfunctioning cells. That makes sense. It's interesting that you recommend at least 13 hours. Like from what I understand, most benefits come from after 16 hours, I think it is. And I also find it interesting that you actually have to recommend that to people because if you stop eating dinner at like 7 p.m. and then you start breakfast at 8 a.m., isn't that like typically what the average person does? (laughs) You would think and you you would not believe how many comments I get where people are saying like, no, my doctor said that fasting is horrible for me because I can't afford to lose weight. So I should be having... 
so much food eating all the time. I'm like, no, 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 like we do not need to be eating until the middle of the night. And so exactly, it's all about just creating these healthy habits that is benefiting your system in the long run. Yeah, it should not be like to eat in 10 hours, 10 hour time frame in the day. That's a long time. That's not doesn't seem like it's way out there. Yeah, exactly. Do you ever recommend longer fasts, like 36 hours or anything like that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's where actually the, where the magic starts to happen. And in my clinic in Ontario, we actually have people, they live in the, or they'll rent out space in the condo right above the clinic. And so they'll come for an entire week and we put them on a medically supervised fast. And so they, I mean, there's ways to go about like, weaning into this fasting process. Cause if you just, you know, you're used to eating all the time and then you're thrown into a five day fast, you're going to be extremely miserable and it'll be very challenging. So there's ways that you can lower the carb load and wean into this fast. But I have seen incredible changes where people get their blood work done, their liver enzymes, ESR, CRP levels, like inflammatory levels on day one. And then we check again the following Monday after a five-day long fast, and all of those numbers are at least cut in half. Like It's so powerful what the body can do and how it can change when just given a break from food. So when, when those ketones are high, and we check ketones as well. So day one, it would be like 0.1 or 0.2, like barely making any ketones at all. But day five, they're in like the one, two range. And so everyone feels amazing by the day five. They are, you know, just so energetic and feeling like mental clarity is there, less joint pain. They just feel like they can rule the world. But I mean, day three, they're like, oh my God, how long do I have to do this? But it's, yeah, I've seen for many like chronic health conditions, sometimes you need to have that type of intervention where that's the only thing that can really turn someone's health around. I think of like psoriasis too. That's a pretty tough condition. You can't just take high dose vitamin D and essential like fish oils to turn that around. Sometimes you need to go into a more prolonged fast, even integrating with colonics, colon hydrotherapy, coffee enemas, all of the detoxing support while your body's going through this. It is, it's a game changer. Are you tired of generic health advice that doesn't take your unique needs into account? Do you want to gain a deeper understanding of your health beyond the surface level recommendations? I want to talk to you about Inside Tracker's ultimate plan, the answer to your personalized health questions. With comprehensive blood biomarker analysis, it provides tailored insights into your body's needs. The ultimate plan tests up to 48 different blood biomarkers, including ApoB, cholesterol, glucose, magnesium, cortisol, vitamin D, and insulin. This comprehensive analysis extends your lifespan or health span and guides you to a longer and healthier life. Inside Tracker goes beyond generic clinically normal ranges to unveil your body's unique optimal biomarker zones, revealing where you're optimized and where your improvements can be made. They have science-backed recommendations on nutrition, fitness, and lifestyle, and are all personalized to your body's data, helping you reach optimal biomarker zones and achieve your wellness goals. Now with insulin testing included, you'll have the key to sustained energy and an early warning system for chronic diseases. This is actually really important. 
High insulin levels can increase the risk of conditions like heart disease, Alzheimer's, type 2 diabetes, obesity, and more. Inside Tracker's measurements and recommendations can help you maintain healthy insulin levels. So, are you ready to control your health in a new and personalized way? This is the test that I do every few months, and I am obsessed with it, and I change my healthy habits and my nutrition and my supplements based off of this data. You can go to insidetracker.com slash Brittany and you will get 20% off. You can use my discount code, biohackingbrittany. It's linked on my website and linked in the show notes. So definitely check that out if you want to do an at-home blood biomarker test that looks at over 48 different biomarkers for you so that you can start optimizing your health today. Have you ever worked with women who are pregnant or breastfeeding with a cancer diagnosis? Yes, I have. And it's, they usually actually don't, they don't actually, a lot of them don't even know that it's cancer until afterwards. So they'll feel the lump, but when you're breastfeeding, obviously it's really challenging to know if it's just milk ducts that are inflamed versus if it is a cancer in process. And I've had a few women go on chemotherapy throughout their pregnancy and throughout nursing, and the doctors have told them it's completely fine and that it won't affect the baby and it won't pass through the placenta. And I, it makes me really sad to think about that. So I always encourage to hold off on anything that's toxic while you're nursing another human life do all the cleanup work, do all the hormone balancing, all the things. And then, you know, if you do need chemo afterwards, but by the time you start cleaning up your body and balancing hormones afterwards, usually you don't need to have those interventions. Do you recommend fasting for those types of types of women? No. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> I, if you've ever been pregnant, it's really hard to tell someone like, I I encourage healthy eating while you're pregnant. I don't advise restriction at all. I think, you know, you have another life inside of you and those urges can be quite strong. And so if you feel the need to eat, then I say go for it and you have to just pick the healthier choices. So often too, when someone's pregnant, they just do not get nearly amount, the amount of protein that they need. And so if they're lacking in that department, then of course, you're going to be craving carbs and juices and desserts and all those things. And that's when the problems happen. But like we said, doing a 13-hour fast, that's the normal thing. Like that is definitely recommended, right? Even 14 hours where you're not doing these extended longer fasts, just the time restriction from a very minimal amount. But yeah, focusing on health, like really just powering in the body, how much you can get in to help grow a human. Yeah. I, a friend of mine is pregnant and she's pregnant with her second and they found cancer in her skin. I don't know the proper terminology, but essentially she had like a growth and it was on her face and she was noticing that it was changing. And so she had to get it surgically removed while pregnant. She's due in December. and it was obviously just like traumatic to even understand that while being pregnant. But also, like you said, what can she even do other than get it surgically removed? Because she's not going to do any type of like 
cancer therapy or like long fast or anything when she's like already in her third trimester. Exactly. However, there's a lot of natural things you can get started on right away. So this is not intended to be medical advice for your friend, but things like melatonin is incredible for inducing apoptosis and abnormal cell growth. It helps with balancing hormones as well. So it's not going to be stimulating or suppressing estrogen. So it's melatonin's fantastic. Also mistletoe, you could do that while you're pregnant as well. Like I feel like everything, no matter what you take, they'll say do not take during pregnancy. (laughs) (laughs) So probably on the bottle saying do not take it besides from obviously prenatals, but it's, there's a lot that you can do if you are pregnant and you want to support your body. So even, yeah, like just cutting out, doing maybe like not fasting, mimicking diets, but just, yeah, just really cleaning up, like cleaning up them. Cause we know like too much sugar, too much cortisol, too many of these like growth factors, that's going to make the cancering situation. And like you said, like getting enough protein in as well is so important. And that's actually really hard. Like I'm a nutritionist and I still day to day think like, did I get enough protein today? I know I got enough healthy fat because I love fat (laughs) and I'm like consciously adding it into my diet everywhere, but, and carbs as well, like healthy carbs from like yams and stuff like that. But the protein and thinking about how much you need is really tough. Do you have any recommendations for people listening who think, hey, maybe I'm actually not getting enough protein day to day. Yeah. And so at minimum, I mean, if you're trying to lose weight or gain weight, I mean, it could be different, but you want to get at least 0.8 grams of carb or sorry, of protein per kilogram of body weight. So that's like the bare minimum of what a human needs for just healthy cell replication and just for healthy growth and hormones. If you're trying to build muscle, and that's where I'm at right now, I work out quite a bit. And I have to get around 1.2 grams of protein per kilogram. And so that's really tough to get when you're trying to just at least get that 0.8 level. And so some things that I do that just make it super easy is I'll have, I'll have a protein powder, something that I just like mix with water. So I don't have to make like a whole production out of it, a whole, whole big smoothie. But I find a protein powder that I like. I really like the ones that are dehydrated. It sounds so nasty, but dehydrated beef. So it doesn't spike my glucose at all. A lot of the protein powders actually have high carbohydrate load in there as well. So I'll just do this amino acid combination and that's 20 grams right there. So if I'm like in between meals or right after a workout, I would have that. Another thing that I use for my kids is I'll make these energy balls. And so I'll just like the easiest combination. I'll just look in my fridge. I'll find flax seeds. I'll find hemp seeds, chia seeds. I throw them all into a bowl, maybe like sunflower seeds, some crushed up almonds And then I'll mix it all up with a nut butter and mix it all into little balls. Like it is that, (laughs) that is simple. So I put that in the fridge and the kids and I just eat them whenever you feel like it. I love that a lot. Yeah. I do the amino acids as well, like essential amino acids, not just like BCAs or something like that. And I think the one I have is like maybe eight, eight grams per scoop. Does that sound about right? And I add that to my water. I have that once or twice a day. But it's like you said, it's just getting in those 
extra amino acids when you're not having a full meal makes a difference versus just having plain water, which is also great, or just having like electrolytes. It's like adding that in and being conscious about, hey, I just want to keep my amino acid levels high. It's so true. Because yeah, if you think, you know, a piece of chicken is about 20 grams, then you would have to have a big chicken breast three times a day to be getting to get like the minimum. And I just can't, like there's no way. And so, yeah, I have to be strategic with more of the plant-based proteins too. And we don't realize like there's actually protein in spinach and in other, right? And other plants. And so it all, it definitely all adds up. But yeah, just if you are more active and you are looking for more energy and to keep your hormones balanced. And even like the aminos are so important for your immune system too. If you are someone who has like low neutrophils or lymphocytes and low immunity, even more important. So like, especially people during chemo, right? Like where their immune is knocked down, that's critical for them to have enough protein every day. Yeah, absolutely. What is the brand of amino acids that you take? It's actually a protein from Designs for Health. They have a really great line, Pure Paleo, I believe it's called. I really like to alternate. Like sometimes I'll use the Ultra Meal from Metagenics. Does Vimogen have a good one too? Most of the companies, you just want to look for ones that don't have much carbs. So I would say like you want to make it under five grams of carbohydrates, no other fillers in it. I found Vega, was it Vega or Vega? Vega Sport or Vega. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I like that one too, because it has a lot of other like natural anti-inflammatory combinations in there. Really want to, yeah. With cancer too, like there's a lot of additives that, so like no one should be supplementing with iron, for example, if you have cancer or copper or with calcium. And so you want to be careful that these protein powders are not mixed with a or multivitamin as well. So just having the straight up protein would be an important thing. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. In terms of like myths and like misconceptions around cancer, is there anything that you hear commonly from your patients that you're like, okay, let me dispel this. That's not true. I mean, obviously we talked about the idea that you can heal and you're kind of in the driver's seat. But other than that, like, is there anything that comes up a lot in terms of cancer myths? Yeah, a lot of people feel like they have to choose conventional medicine or natural, like not natural, but more like integrative or naturopathic medicine. So a lot of people... I've heard where they're like, oh, I'm going to come see you after my chemotherapy is done. And my doctor kind of gives me this green light. And I'm thinking like, are you kidding? <laughs> Your doctor is saying to not, because a lot of the things that we're doing is just like healthy living and you're doing all the things that's boosting your health and immunity and to wait and to hold off because you don't, you're unsure. That is the biggest misconceptions. There's when you are when, like for me, I, with my focus in cancer care, we know what is going to make the chemo less effective. We know the strategies to make it more effective, how you can protect your healthy cells, your microbiome, your immunity, like all the things to integrate it well. And so when people think that it's really killing them faster, unfortunately, if you're not taking advantage of all types of medicine. Yeah, I agree with that. I think there's something 
really beautiful about like having a team of practitioners and obviously people who have that are very privileged financially and also being able to have access to that type of care. And I always encourage people like if you do have access to it, use it, right? Have your naturopath, have your acupuncturist who specializes in cancer and understands energetically what it looks like in the body and have your nutritionist and all things like that, because it actually does make a difference. And even you know, with therapy, like going to talk therapy and having someone to talk to for an hour and get your emotions out can even be healing for you in this process. So it's really just kind of surrounding yourself with people who align with you on your healing journey if you can have access and if you can afford it. Let's talk about getting the remarkable benefits of fasting without the daunting commitment of long-term fasting. As a dedicated professional, always on the lookout for ways to enhance my health and well-being, I've explored intermittent fasting extensively. And if you're a listener of the podcast, you know this. However, I've often found myself pushing the boundaries and experiencing adverse effects such as sleep issues and energy slumps and also hormonal issues. While intermittent fasting did offer some positive outcomes initially, like many of us, I struggled to incorporate it long-term without it really disrupting my daily life. However, my life has recently taken a turn for the better, all thanks to Mimeo. This is the world's first biomimetic supplement. This incredible innovation is the accumulation of years of rigorous clinical research meticulously designed to replicate the effects of a 36-hour fast at the cellular level, which is wild. With Mimeo, I can now experience the holistic benefits of fasting without enduring prolonged periods of hunger and deprivation. Are you intrigued about the benefits? Let's get into it. First and foremost, Mimeo activates your cells' innate regenerative capabilities, much like fasting itself. This translates to optimized metabolism and better control over hunger, which a lot of us really value if we're trying to watch our weight. Secondly, it significantly boosts energy levels and accelerates recovery, making it an absolute game changer for active individuals like myself. Thirdly, Mimeo elevates mood and sharpens mental clarity, enabling us to be at our absolute best every single day. I definitely notice this, especially when I take it right before work in the mornings. The icing on the cake is that Mimeo's formulation is exclusively derived from molecules naturally produced by our own body. This means it is very, very safe because it is in perfect harmony with our biological system, delivering optimal effectiveness. Still not convinced? Mimeo offers a 100% happiness guarantee. That's right. There's absolutely nothing to lose. So for all of my fantastic listeners out there, if you want to give Mimeo a try and add it to your supplement stack, I really suggest you do so. And you can do that by using my discount code biohackingbrittany for 10% off for the first three months of your subscription, which is awesome. Join me along with countless others who are on the path to revolutionizing their health with Mimeo. Bid farewell to the challenges of long-term fasting and usher in a healthier, happier version of yourself, which we always love. Thank you for listening. And always remember, when it comes to optimizing your health, Mimeo holds the key. Visit their website, linked in my show notes and on my website as well, and embark on your journey towards a better you now. 
Exactly. And really just tuning in on what feels right, because you can have the opposite effect too, where you think you need to do everything and then you get very overwhelmed. And I have a few patients like that where they're constantly like messaging me like, should I be doing this too? Should I be doing this? And oh, I've heard about this. Should I be doing this? And it's a cancer diagnosis. I totally understand like what else, right? Like I want to take advantage of it all. But then you can hit a point where it's like, okay, what I'm doing is working and it's enough. And I just, I don't need to overwhelm myself with all the things. But if you feel the need and you want to get Reiki, go have Reiki. (laughs) If you feel like you need to pray with essential oils, right? Do it. Do all the things that you feel in your heart is going to get you stronger. And nobody should tell you, oh no, you hold off on that (laughs) until I say so. Like that is ego talking and everyone is entitled to use everything that that works right that makes you feel strong yeah because at the end of the day like even if you don't believe in it or like another practitioner doesn't believe in it if it helps the patient mentally feel better even for a short period of time it's worth it you have to let that patient go through that and experience that. Like I've seen that in my own family like my parents like my dad went through a really tough time mentally. And he's very religious and it was hard for me to kind of like understand his reliance on religion. But then I started looking at it from a health perspective and realizing like his reliance on religion actually has given him faith and hope and has gotten him out of a very hard place mentally. And I now support it hundred percent because it doesn't mean that I agree or don't agree with it, but Hey, like it gave you what you needed to mentally get to a better place. So who am I to judge and tell you not to do that? Exactly. And it's interesting in my clinic in Ontario, I have this wall of, I call it the wall of inspiration. So anyone who's faced with a challenging diagnosis, I mean, it doesn't have to be cancer, it could be chronic mold or Lyme, anything like that. When they start feeling better and they see how powerful they are, I get them to write on this wall, just like a quote that they really like or something that just inspires other people who may be going through that journey. And I look at this wall periodically and it's so interesting that everybody's quote and everyone's kind of like words of wisdom are very faith-based, very, not necessarily God and Jesus, but it's like that higher power. And they have this strong belief that, you know, you can only do so much and the rest is kind of up to the universe of like what's going to happen. So to try to control everything. Yeah. That religion part, whatever that belief is, that's a huge part of healing. And yeah, everyone needs to respect that of what they're going through and not pushing their own beliefs onto that process. Yeah, absolutely. Which can happen as well in the medical system. I don't know, maybe not as much in Canada anymore, because it's just like so, I guess, accepting of different types of people now. But I know when there's things that happened with my mom when we were in South Africa about like Christian doctors putting their beliefs on her and what she should do and these types of things. I think it's really just being an advocate for yourself and whatever you think is going to help you heal, as long as it's not harmful to you or other people, like I, I think that's fine. And you stick to what works for you. It's so true. I had a uh, patient with kidney cancer and every doctor's, you need to have the surgery, you need to take it out. And he, I was actually blown away on how strong willed he was. He's like, no, 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 no. Like I'm going to be doing everything 
that my body can do to heal and to build strength and to get rid of this cancer naturally. And every time he did the three month ultrasound, the doctor's like, oh my God, you need to get this surgery done and really imposing like now the urgency. It was about two years of working together where now he has this ultrasound. There is no blood flow going to the, like it's like a dead tissue there. It's completely necrotic. There's nothing growing. It's literally just like no blood flow going there. And for the first time, his doctor's like, oh. I guess there's nothing to operate on. There's nothing that wow. we, you don't need to have that. So it just shows how, you know, if in your core, you believe a certain way is going to heal you, stay strong with that and really just go to the people that are going to make that happen. Because if he kept, you know, he could have had that surgery, he could have removed one kidney, like he could have done all the things they said, but for him to be so has that faith of like, no, 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 no. I believe that this is what I need to do to heal. And look at it. Like he's cancer free. He's, he still goes for his checkups, but there's nothing there to operate on. Like they're like, okay, you don't need to, I guess you don't need surgery because there's no action going on there. I love that. Good for him. That's awesome. Right. It's like a solid two years of hearing that stuff, like hearing it where they're telling you, you need to be doing a So that takes a lot of strength. And I can see how, you know, to hear that again and again and again, kind of wear you down. But yeah, he's pretty amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I totally agree. If people want to work with you or they want to share your work with somebody who potentially has cancer, how can they do that? And where can they find you? Yeah, a good start is going to drlori.ca, so D-R-L-O-R-I.ca, and we can have a quick conversation just to see if I'm a good fit for you. So you can book yourself into my calendar. I offer free 15-minute calls just to see like if we would be a good fit. And I think it's important that every person with a health issue interviews their team. So you want to know, like, what are your thoughts on this? How would you approach this? Do we have a connection ascent? It's like online dating. You need to know if this is going to work. Like it's going to be a long journey of working together. And if it's not like that 15 minute usually can rule that out. So I would recommend if anyone is looking to work with me that they go to drlaurie.ca and you can book in that call. Amazing. I will link that in the show notes and on my website for everybody to find you super easily. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This has been great and very enlightening and I think very inspirational for everybody listening. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. If you're interested in finding the show notes or the sponsors for this episode, you can do so on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram where I'm most active. My handle is at biohackingbrittany. And if you're interested in working together and you want to email me directly, you can do that. My email is info at biohackingbrittany.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and having you tune in next week.